Hey guys, welcome to another episode of You Don't Know What You Just Said podcast. I'm Ryan. As always, we got Ricky Moon. Hey, baby. And Devin coming back. Mm. <laughs> so to temper expectations of today's podcast, uh, a few of us went out last night and we really kind of painted the town red. And, and, then painted, and, the to- and then painted the toilet whatever color vomit is after the cold cheese slices from Gus's. Oh, beige. We're hurting today. So, um, guess I'm gonna just apologize in advance, but it's okay because I got this <clears throat> Zico coconut water. <clears throat> throw a little sponsorship our way that is helping me power through it. I wish I, I actually, I it looks like fun, like have, not being hungover right now makes me feel like I got I was left out and I was there last night. This isn't fun. <laughs> I bet you don't miss this uh, hangovers. No, yeah. no, I don't. Not at all. Um, um, the, the, this sober October thing is, is rough. I, I don't. I'm. I'm because it's not just not drinking. I'm also like eating well. Eating well. Yeah. Like I'm trying to do it all. So yeah, it, it sucks. This isn't. This isn't uh, your your traditional hangover. Where, oh, my head hurts and now I'm gonna puke. Like yeah, I'm feeling a little pukey. But that could have been the twenty dollars worth of taco. <laughs> I just feel like someone like I was hooked up to an IV drip of sewage, Ooh. and I just had garbage flowing through my body. When did you have twenty bucks worth of Taco Bell? Uh, at about eleven forty-five this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got like the, the app; it's already open. <laughs> just he like, pre-ordered it last yeah. night. So oh, today we're going to be talking about fantasy. Oh, uh, baby. We're about a quarter of the way through the season, and there's been some ups and downs. Let's start by going over uh, the standings here for our JFFML Fantasy Football League. Are we going to start from the top, or are we going to go from like last place first and then work their way to number well, one? That could be more exciting. Yeah, if you start from who's currently sucking so much ass. Wow. And so, okay. Way. At the bottom. big payoff at the end. <laughs> at the bottom, there's a tie. Two teams, one and three. That's Kevin and Ray. Uh, and then, like in the middle, there's just there was that six teams kind kind of vying uh, to to get a better record here. Um, and then at the top, we got Willie and Ricky. Oh, <laughs> so Ricky who? Ricky Moon. Ricky Moon baby. sits atop the the leaderboards for for the oh. record with points four at 665 i just want to say for years i have had to sit down and just listen to everyone else talk about fantasy football and how transactions and how shitty i am at it and here we are finally where i'm meant to be so let's on top let's well, talk let's talk about surprises well uh, before we i just want to throw the the asterisk next to to to, to maddie's name matt is in second place because he beat me last week uh, and the only reason why he beat me is because I left 77 zero points <laughs> on my bench between Jarvis Landry and Chris Godwin. So he beat me fair and square. It wasn't anything, but he didn't beat me. I lost it. Okay, I lost That's it for myself. what we call a putt team bench. Exactly. I think we have a term for that. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm no fantasy expert, but... I feel like the the point should be on your starting lineup, right? They, you would think, but uh, lo and behold, they were not. Mm. Now you're two and two, sitting two and two, sitting yeah. with the rest of us. So at two and two, you have Devin, myself, Chris, Danny, Carlo, and Maddie B. Um, at in that order in terms of points for, um, not really any surprises for me looking at it. I mean, Carlo kind of got hit with some bad luck with some injuries and the whole Antonio Brown thing, right? Oh, Carlo hit me up to make some trade moves. Really? Uh, the other day. We let's, talk about let's, that. But, uh, let's, let's hear it. He's, uh, he's just, well, before you before you start that, I just want to, to to make it known that I did present Carlo with an out while Antonio Brown was still on the Raiders. Oh. That suspension was looming. They didn't know whether they were going to suspend him or what. He declined? I offered him Chris Godwin for Antonio Brown. Wow. And remember, this was before the season started. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm going to hang on to Antonio Brown and see what happens. So I gave him an out. He knows what happened. And he didn't take it. Well, the short of the trade conversation really ended with us both realizing there's no trade that makes sense for either of us. Well, let's, let's hear these let's, trades. Yeah, let's hear these offers. Well, so Carlo decided that uh, he would tell me in no 
uh, mixed terms. Uh, he would say to me, hey, uh, I'll give you the entire Texans backfield for Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> he's really, he's uh, really, he's really throwing. hurting. He's really hurting for a wide receiver with uh, Antonio Brown and now Gallup is hurt. So He'll be back this week, though. I yeah, I think uh, all signs are pointing for him to, to – I think he was practicing this week, so um, he might not be in that position for too much longer. Well, what I decided was this league would not – this year's league would not be complete without me making a trade that pisses everyone in the league off. Yeah. So what I told him was uh, – because he did pick up uh, – uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Graham, Jimmy Graham, this week. Oh boy. Uh, I picked him up off the waiver. So what I said was, if uh, Jimmy Graham puts up the same numbers this week or similar, at least 15 points. If he puts up at least 15 points this week, I will trade him Fitzgerald for Jimmy Graham straight up. Ricky's trying. Ricky's decided that he's no longer going to be the catcher. He's going to be the catcher. <laughs> but here's what happened now. So so now what we, we what happened what is Carlo did. read the text message and <laughs> threw his phone across the room. And he said, um, well, here's the problem with that is that I still need a tight end. So he didn't dismiss the trade. It may happen. I just – it may happen. Oh, wait a minute. I think I misunderstood. Carlo has Jimmy Graham. Yes. yes. So you were going to give him Larry Fitzgerald for if Jimmy. If Graham gives oh, us a 15 points. <laughs> See, Why that's the response know? I want. I take everything back that I just said. I apologize. I am an idiot. Again, my brain is basically mushed today, and my synapses are not firing properly. Carlo. Ricky continues to be on the receiving end of every shit trade. I'm presenting the trade. How am I on the shitty end of it? Uh, you presented the one last year, too. It doesn't mean you weren't on the receiving end. Actually, I think end. Ryan did. You're and right. I won I did. that. Ryan yeah, presented it, and I, I won that. Yeah, so last year we traded um, – I remember. It. Oh, it like I did. Robinson, Vance McDonald, and Allen Robinson yep. for Le'Veon Bell. That's right. And let's not forget that two weeks before. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Two weeks before, I'm pretty sure Ricky had traded you, Allen Robinson. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I got it back. So he was going to give up Le'Veon Bell for a guy that he traded to you two weeks earlier, and a waiver wire tight end that. He then dropped a week later. So he basically to gave be fair, it was like three weeks Robinson. of pain where he didn't break seven points. I mean, oh, if, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about it, Ricky still bested me on that trade because he actually <laughs> got points from those players. Zero points. I got zero points from Le'Veon Bell. And A Rob didn't do poorly. A Rob didn't finish the season too badly. Right. Yeah. Le'Veon was just like a cock tease the entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, hoping he's coming back and he never did. Just a tip. You must be. That was not you must be feeling pretty good now that Mel, Mel Gordon is uh, coming Maybe. back. Uh, I've had a twenty-four hour erection every day. I'm gonna want to see a doctor since about last that. Thursday. <laughs> it was like I snorted a pound of Viagra. <laughs> I'm very that, is that what they? Isn't that what they say? If an erection lasts longer than four hours, see, if an erection lasts longer than four hours, it's because you drafted Melvin Gordon in the fifth round. <laughs> So, but but also same. at the same time, I'm not really as excited as I should be because Joe Mixon is just yeah. making me pull my hair out right now. Is it? He, he's not. It's well. very up and down. He either his best game so far was 17 points, and if he doesn't score 17, he doesn't even break double digits. So Ugh. it's not the stud RB two I was hoping for. I thought I was going to have three top 10 running backs, and I'll be lucky if Joe Mixon finishes in the top 30 by the end of the season. So. <laughs> Fucking Bengals. I think that's more that's more script of how bad the Bengals are. Right. right. Joe Mixon is a good running back. He's just on a real shit team. And that's why I always try to avoid drafting running backs on bad teams because you don't really see a lot of running backs getting a lot of carries when you're constantly playing from behind. Unless you've got a guy like Saquon Barkley who's like the centerpiece of an offense. By the Sa- way. Saquon, Le'Veon, you know, th- these guys just, it doesn't matter how bad their teams are. Yeah. But with a guy like Joe Mixon, he's not special enough to just blow through people when the Bengals are trailing by 20 points. It's all game script with this guy, unfortunately. What's crazy to me is that Saquon might come back after two weeks of a, at a high ankle sprain. If you saw the a, videos of him practicing this week, He's putting a He's good a amount of weight of on that bad ankle, and it's crazy. And it just angers me because Carlo is right. Right. I mean, he picked up Gallman anyway, so he's got the, that insurance. Um, but to see somebody come back from what should be a, a eight week, you know, time frame for for injury is crazy. Come back in two to three weeks. 
That's that's insane well, to me. Good for him. Well, speaking of on that same thought process, uh, Saquon's coming back. Why is no one jumping on this Shepherd bandwagon? Sterling Shepherd? Yeah. Because he's not a no very one seems good to believe that he player. could. I, I mean, he's he's the guy right now. Well, not anymore. Besides Ingram. Tate's coming back, which they're saying is going to take looks away from him. But I, I oh. think it, it absolutely. <laughs> Sterling Shepard is a co- a career wide receiver too. He's not a number. He's not a a, a wide receiver. Huh. And that's why no one's going crazy for him because you don't you don't try and, and trade uh, legitimate assets or drop legitimate fab money on a guy that you might not start every week. I'll tell you what, I got Golden Tate on my bench right now, so if he does better than Sterling Shepard, I'll throw me away for maybe uh, Sterling Shepard. Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, let's keep talking about those surprises, right? So, so let's talk about some guys that you drafted a certain ADP that are doing uh, better or much worse than, than uh you know, where they were projected. You know, John Mixon's one of those guys. He said that you drafted him high. I didn't like the pick when I made it, but I couldn't shy away from there it. There are one of the, you know, a few of those where at that point you have to take them, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's kind of talk about that. Um, I mean, for me at least, like all my wide receivers are kind of killing me in terms of uh, where I've been drafted. I mean, and I, I went on like a wide receiver streak after the like fifth round to, to go – Heavy on wide receivers, but then went running back, running back, running back, tight end, and then just a string of wide receivers who are all really shit in the bed right now. So it's not I'm not putting me in a good position, um, but I'm trying to make do with what I got. I'm thrilled. I mean, you you got Mari <laughs> Cooper, but he he's doing. I, I think Mari Cooper is doing a lot better than people really projected. He I mean, he was a third or fourth rounder. I think he took him in the fourth, and he's. He's producing like a second rounder. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, I think you have a, a few of those guys on Tyler your team. Tyler Lockett like that. was another one. Tyler Lockett's playing out of his mind. Tyler Lockett, I don't know why he was projected so low before the season because he was he was great last year. Yeah, and and now he just he just ele- his position elevated because they, they lost. Well, I mean, I think I th- you know what I think I think people's opinions on Tyler Lockett have a lot to do with people's opinions on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. and Russell Wilson is. Probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL because he just year after year puts this team on his back. And like Pete Carroll is a fucking moron. If you watch that game on Thursday, the coaching in that game was horrendous. And granted, the only reason the Seahawks won was because the Rams shanked a a field goal. Mm. But Russell Wilson continues to constantly put the team on his back, whether he's making plays in the air or making plays on his feet. And then Mm. Pete Carroll looks like a genius. And if, you know, once once he gets fired by the Seahawks, granted, the guy's old as shit. I think he's like the oldest coach in the league right now. Mm. So, like, if he wants to continue coaching, some other team is going to throw him a big contract to, to, to come coach them. When has Pete Carroll ever had success as a coach before Russell Wilson made his way into the league? That's a fair point. So, well, I think the criticism of Russell Wilson also came from the fact that he literally dumps the ball off. Like, he can't. He doesn't have a cannon. That's a not true. A traditional cannon. <clears throat> That's not true. When He's I was when I was on my honeymoon, I remember it was Thursday night football, and was, I want to paint a picture because it's a very funny, it's a very funny picture to paint in the room, and I have a picture of it going down. And he managed to, to snap a, a photo so we could you know immortalize this. Oh, photo. we're gonna put that up on our Instagram page. The way that the room was set up was behind the bed wasn't a wall; it was a window into the bathroom, and not just the bathroom, but the shower in particular. And it was a big, like, wide-open shower. So I was in the shower watching the game because the TV was set up on the other side of the, of the room. So I'm naked in the shower. You're right. This is a beautiful picture. I'm naked <laughs> in the shower watching the game, and it was that play where uh, he threw, like, a 50-yard bomb to Golden Tate. It wasn't, no, it wasn't Golden Tate. Who was it? Oh, uh, the, uh, fuck, he retired. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. I don't. Oh, shit. I'm not going to start throwing I cannot names. remember I mean, I can his name it. for the life of me. Brandon Marshall? No. Okay. He was the wide, he was the wide receiver one for the past couple of years. He was their number one receiver once they traded Golden Tate. Whatever. I I, I feel like a real idiot. And I, I don't feel like fucking it up. But he threw a 50-yard bomb to this dude. Mm. And I started going nuts because that was the year that I had Russ on my team. And he wound up being the number one fantasy quarterback yeah. value. I just – and the picture is me just – 
losing my mind in the shower <laughs> covered in shampoo, like trying to like make it, make it out through like shampoo covered eyes. But the reason why I tell that story is because the pass was incredible. It was an incredible pass on the on the sideline. You know, I think it was towards the end of the game, so like he managed to get out of bounds. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Sorry, what I can't believe I forgot that. Dougie B. But uh, yeah, he's a very good quarterback. There was the year. The year I don't remember. It was last year, I think. I read this insane stat about him mm-hmm. that I'm just. I don't remember the exact number of touchdowns that the Seahawks scored. Mm-hmm. So if I'm wrong about the exact number, I apologize. But I believe it was like they scored. 35 touchdowns last season Mm. he was responsible for 34 of them whether he threw the pass the touchdown pass or he ran it in himself they had one rushing touchdown by a running back every other touchdown scored he had some involvement in it whether it was a pass or a run shit that's fucking insane and people continue to underestimate him every year and because they underestimate him, they underestimate the supporting cast. And a guy like Tyler Lockett doesn't really jump off the page. So you think, oh, this guy that isn't that special, who has this, you know, middle of the road quarterback, hey, he's a fourth, fifth round pick, maybe whatever. And yeah. Tyler Lockett's turning out to be he, he should have been a second round pick. And I think going back to Tyler Lockett and that connection with Russell Wilson, I believe the percentage was this past the touchdown, the lone touchdown that Tyler Lockett had this past game had a 6.3% chance of actually being completed. Do you mean that toe tap? The, the toe tap, yeah, where he a, scrambled out, crazy, threw crazy it off, and, and it was a 6.3% chance of that actually being caught. So that's a testament to both Tyler Lockett right. and Russell Wilson being so able to get that off. That's a recipe for success as a fantasy player, being able to identify when people are underrated or underestimated, whether it's at the quarterback position or the wide receiver position, and then being able to exploit it because you know you're going to target a guy like Tyler Lockett or a guy like Russell Wilson because they're going so late, even though you know they should be going earlier. So fantasy is all about value. It's a numbers game. Why are you going to pay a fifth-round price for a guy that you can get in the eighth round? For sure. And anyone that saw that, I'm not saying I'm one of them, but anyone that did see that, I'm certainly not saying you're one of them, <laughs> but anyone that does, can, anyone, that, like, anyone uh, that could see that is probably listen, having a very is, good year. The, the, the fantasy football game, the, the it get for as cold hard as the numbers are, it comes down to feelings. And all these guys, the way that the draft went down this year was the same fucking way it always goes down. Everybody has emotions about a, a specific player, or a group of players that they want on their team. The numbers don't necessarily match up when they get them or when they go after them, but you know, and and Matty B is actually a good example of that. Like he he goes for the guys that he wants that he feels right. that he likes. Uh, I think Kevin is more of a if I remember He's the like name, a name from, brand. Yeah, yeah, if I know the yeah. guy the name from last year, you know I'll, I'll go for him or whatever. But yeah, but sometimes they hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. Sammy Watkins <clears throat> go against me in the the first week. Kev uh, get the highest points um, out of anybody that week. So it's a game of chance. I try not to make my decisions based on feelings because uh, when I do that, I have a. Uh, success rate of probably about 1%. I know I'm grabbing myself right now. Uh, <laughs> having a day. That's that's uh, like I, the whole theory behind like the Moneyball movie. <coughs> Moneyball with Pitt, they're, they're just going after the numbers. Right. Yeah. But you I, touching your balls just made me think about <laughs> But it's not... Are you watching I don't, alone? I, I don't try. I don't. I don't try and make decisions like because like I got a good feeling about this guy with like nothing to back it. Like the whole reason why I was really excited about drafting Chris Godwin mm-hmm. is because of Bruce Arians. Because Bruce Arians has been my favorite coach for a long time. Like I guess like since he since he got the job with with the Cardinals. When did you start watching football? I started watching it like hardcore probably yeah. when we when we started. started fantasy. I, I used to, I used to watch it you know casually. Uh-huh. Um, but I would never like eleven years ago. You'd never see me like rushing to get home uh, on Thursday night to watch a Thursday night football game, just, right. especially when it's like a Thursday night football. Have game you been Jaguars in Texas? Have you ever been what to a football games? game b- before fantasy? Yeah, my first game, actually, the first game I ever went to was the uh, the Jets Eagles preseason game in two thousand nine when they were trying to figure out if Mark Sanchez should be their starter, mm. and uh, an old guy pissed, and an old guy pissed on my leg in the bathroom. <laughs> I was standing at the urinal taking a whiz, and so was he. But I think he was actually perpendicular to you. And just my entire right leg. (laughs) Luckily, I was wearing shorts, so I could just wipe it off. But I was just pissed all over. But God bless. 
Let's hope we get more of that. I do think it comes it, it comes down to, to feeling, though. Right. I think at the end of the day, you have to have a good feeling. The numbers can say whatever the fuck the numbers want. But then, but just gotta, to, yeah. to, to wrap it up, to go yeah. back to what I was saying about like what why I make my decisions. Like That particular decision was made because uh, Bruce Arians loves slot receivers. Larry Fitzgerald had like a, a, a reincarnation last year. Yeah. A resurrection. Sorry. He had like a resurrection continuing because Bruce Arians moved him in or two years ago. He yeah. moved him into the slot. Yes. He was always playing outside, moved him into the slot. And then he had one of the best years of his career 15 years into it. Yep. And Chris Godwin's a slot receiver. Bruce Arians, I knew was going to just constantly be getting him the ball. And aside from one bad game and the 50 point game or 40 point game on my bench last week, he's been, he's been a stud. He's a top 10 receiver. So well, I just, that's, that's some really good life decisions that you made when you came out to that pick. But this guy ate pizza off the floor yesterday. <laughs> I, did. I did. And it fell cheese down. <laughs> was cheese side down off the floor. When I picked the pizza up, it was still stuck to the cement. Oh, <sighs> that's that's the thing that was that it wasn't Lil Vince. Lil Vince. <laughs> it wasn't like in the pizzeria. No, it was outside. <laughs> it was on the street. It was outside where <laughs> oh a homeless man god. probably had just taken a dump a few oh, days earlier. Oh my god. That's so good. <laughs> With that, <laughs> next thing we're gonna be talking about is um the players that haven't been performing, but you're just too much in love with them to kind of give up on them. So, uh, on your my relationship with Devin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: you don't love him. Oh, that's not true. Love to hate him. So on your on your teams, like who's that person? I mean, for Dance me, McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> you still, still, you still, you still, still have Vance McDonald on my team, and it's all because of Mason Rudolph. Well, we we all know I can't quit Jason Witten. That is true. You and your tight ends. I can't quit him. I love him. And he's doing pretty fucking well. He is doing decent. I mean, he's you. You would think they have Blake Jarwin, so it's it's like that kind of situation where he's going to throw to either one of those guys. Yeah, which is annoying for fantasy purposes, but it is what it is. Uh, for me, I have those guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Al Rams, guys you don't really feel good about, but gotta do something, right? So for me, that's those are those kind of guys for me. Uh, plus. Jared Goff, he's been killing me in terms of not uh, underperforming, at least. I mean, he still puts up um, – he's got a good uh, high floor, but um, I was hoping for, like, some 30-point games or something like that, and there's only one game where he did that where he threw for, like, 500 yards. He also threw – that was against the Bucks last week. Yeah. He threw the ball 70 times. He threw the ball two games worth of times. Right. That, that was insane. He was a, a real good game. But um, he's he, that, he's one of those guys for me. So to continue with the conversation of surprises, to shy away from a, a player standpoint and kind of a fantasy standpoint, for me, one of the most surprising elements of this season has been the quality of the Thursday night games because they're typically not very good. Uh, either it's just a bad game altogether or one team just gets blown out in the past two weeks have been really good Thursday night games this week with the Seahawks and the Rams. Last week was, uh, I don't even remember, but I just remember it being a good game. Oh, was it the, the, shit. Chargers. Chargers and the Cowboys. Was this, this past Thursday. Who the hell no, last this Thursday? Past, I mean, this past Thursday was. I can't remember who, who it was, but I, I remember it was a good game. But that's, I'm just saying, the Thursday night yeah, game is typically bad. This, in a really bad position good. where we're trying to remember stuff while hungover. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Week four. Thursday night. Willie, if you're listening. The Eagles and Packers. Willie, if you're listening to this, we need some stat corrections here because uh, we're too hungover to to even type it in. (laughs) The Eagles and Packers was the last Thursday night game. That was a good one. And uh, even the week before that was the – okay, that one wasn't great. Titans and Jaguars. That was like a typical Thursday night game. You're you're sleeping on Gardner Minshew. I know. Yeah, so pretty surprising. Thursday night, I usually come home and sit there and prepare to watch. I prepare to get through the football game, hopefully have someone playing. That way I have some vested interest in it. But uh, I've, they've, been a, they've been a joy to watch this year, which is great because all we want are good football games every time. So that's been, that's been a real pleasure for me. Well, at what point during the games do you just – Sneak away to jerk off. <laughs> Speaking uh, of pleasure. 
put it on a good halftime show. Oh yeah, probably the halftime show. Just switches from the TV to the laptop. Yep. Andy, I'm working down here. <laughs> Don't come down. I'm uh, rest of my eyes. All right. So let's talk about um, strategies. Um, well, one interesting thing that has happened in the in the season so far is Chris has zero fab left. He um, sure does. He went kind of all in the first couple weeks of um, uh, on waiver bids, going thirty for um, downtown Hollywood Brown. Um, Dropped another like twenty something for John Ross. Third, no, he went thirty for John Ross, and then he went twenty for McLaren, I think, and then um, he went another twenty for another wide receiver. The guy's got like ten receivers on his team. Nuts. But um, I thought that was pretty interesting. But it's going to hurt him around week ten when he needs some, you know, pickups in a in a um, in a hurry and has zero fab left. Um, especially yeah, since I just thought it was pretty interesting. Well, and, especially since those guys that he went crazy picking up have pretty much cooled off substantially. Yeah, and um, he's what's really got me scratching my head about that is he's got good receivers on his team. He's got. Um, Hopkins um, and Mike Evans. So, like, why go for eight other receivers if you got studs that you're never going to set? And Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks, right? He doesn't, yeah, he has Hopkins, Cooks, and Evans. Those were the three top guys that he drafted and then blew his fab load on Marquise Brown, oh, McLaurin, uh, Robinson, John Ross, and uh, Demarcus Robinson, yeah, I think he bid twenty on Demarcus Robinson too. And then some somehow, the nine other total buffoons that he's in a league with didn't even think to place a, a spike claim of a dollar on Jordan Howard. Right, I, I was, and he got him for free, which is I infuriating. Kick, I was kicking myself. I mean, I didn't really have. To I was going to do it, but then there was no one on my team that I could say with a clear conscience drop. I mean, I probably should have just. Fucking drop Vance McDonald, that idiot. <laughs> but no, instead, can't quit him. I'll just keep VMAC on my team and let Jordan Howard waltz over to Chris's team. Why didn't you talk about that? You got you're in the same situation I'm where you don't want to drop anybody. Good. I don't like. I, I can I can definitely improve, and I understand that. Like I probably should be looking at maybe both Ken Stills or right. You're three uh, and one. Yeah, but you're not four and zero. Oh. No, I'm not four and zero. Oh. And you're not but, you're not lighting up the scoreboard, you know. Like your points four aren't. You don't have like a hundred point lead on whoever has the second. I got second a fifty point lead scoring. right now. I mean, uh, like, no, on not. Are you looking at yours points, compared to points, Matt's? Yeah. No, you have to look at everyone's because just because Matt's in second place doesn't mean he has the second most uh, points scored. I'm more than I'm like I'm top. There's no one. I know you're the yeah. top, but what I'm saying is you have six sixty five as your points four. Yeah. The next best looks like. Matt. Yeah, six thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. So you've got less than thirty points, twenty-seven points, which could change in a week. Sure, you know yeah, that's sure. a that's. I mean, the point I'm trying to get is, even though you're sitting at the top, you're there's always room to improve. Like, unless you your team is a team full of studs, you know that are first rounders, which is never going to happen. There's always room to to make yourself a little bit better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just I do I end up looking at the waiver wires and waiver moves when I start like really when I'm begging for like that when I start to see people like not performing I don't see any points on my bench that's when I start looking at the waiver wire like I'm not necessarily always looking to pick someone up and add to my roster which yeah. is probably not the best approach but it's if I'm not panicking I'm not looking the waiver wire scares me because I don't want to look like an idiot. I've got too much pride. I think it, it lets me it, it affects my decision making. You're also the first one to point out when everybody else looks like an idiot. Exactly. Which would make me look like an even bigger idiot if I if I shoot myself in the foot after telling you how stupid you are. So I don't like to you know, there's no such thing as a sure thing, but I'm not gonna drop a ton of fab money on a guy unless I'm sure that he's gonna be as close to a sure thing as I can. I never saw Marquise Brown as a sure thing. I never saw John Ross as a short thing. And this isn't a, a, a shitting on Chris sec, uh, segment here. It's just what I look for in pickups, spe- specifically when it comes to, to wide receivers, I don't care that they put up 30 points last week. They just came out of nowhere and put up 30 points. Right. I don't care that they scored three touchdowns. What I care about more than anything when I'm deciding on whether I want to pick someone up or not are targets. 
I don't care about receptions. I don't care about points. The targets are what's important because the targets tell you they're a good indication of how involved they are in the offense. So Marquise Brown, you know, the, the, the first two weeks when he had those, those, those big numbers, like he was get, he was catching like four balls for a hundred something yards and one or two touchdowns, but he was only getting four or five receptions. I would much rather pick up a guy that caught five balls for 60 yards but had 12 targets, you know, like, I don't know what happened, why his catch rate was 50%. It could have just been like good plays by the corners or he could have, you know, dropped a couple balls, but it's not as just cut and dry as look at these points. It's just look at these points or this guy scored three touchdowns. I got to pick him up. I want to see those targets. And that's a guy that I'm going to go for. I'm only learning that. What are we year 10 now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning that now. Yeah. Yeah. As you're saying it, it's something I've been thinking, but I have not, I hadn't necessarily acted on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same goes true for for running backs, not from my target perspective. Right. Carries. Carries. No, not even that from a snaps perspective. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, how many times they're actually in the you game? Can't, you can't score left. fantasy yeah. points if you're not in the game. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the a lot of the metrics that you see online are talking about the snap share percentages mm-hmm. and seeing how much burn a guy is going to get. Who's that running back? I want to say it's Ingram, but I could be wrong. Uh, there's a running back that's involved in like almost he, he lines up almost every game, and everyone's always got so much hype surrounding him, and then he just underperforms every single time. It's a running back. I want to say it's Ingram. Maybe you're thinking of Derrick Henry. No, that's my no. tight end. Derrick Henry oh, is your tight God. end. Oh, I, I already have a tight end on my team. I don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of Hunter Henry. Oh, Hunter Henry. Uh, what name did you just say? Derrick Henry. Derrick He's Henry. on the Titans. I might be hungover too. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> It's stats are cool and they're nice, but it's important to pay attention to the right stats and also be able to dissect the stats that you're looking at, right? Like if you see, oh, this guy had, you know, he rushed for five yards per cap. You're probably thinking about Christian McCaffrey. That's got to stop. Um, but you know, he's not thinking of Christian McCaffrey because he said he underperforms. In Under, oh, underperforms. He lines up every single time. Everybody has hype around They want him. They want to pick him up. They want him to be on the team. Mark Ingram's not the underperforming guy. You're thinking about somebody else. There's a name. Maybe he, maybe he retired. Maybe he's not even in the league this year. Oh, so we're just talking about complete fantasy irrelevance. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's called fantasy. <laughs> well, what I was saying was you look at a stat and you say, oh, five yards per carry, that's great. But that, that Thursday night game with the Titans and Jaguars – where Leonard Fournette had like eight yards the entire game until like the last 10 minutes when he busted out like a 70-yard run. And all of a sudden the guy ran for, you know, by the end of the game, like 80-something yards on, you know, 15 carries and all that. That's great. But all that yardage came on one play. I don't want someone like that. I don't want to, I don't want to hope that that my running back is going to bust off a huge run, like at least one big one every game. I want someone. That's why my favorite running back when we first started this league, someone that I always wanted every year was Darren Sproles. Cause that dude was just all floor. Like, I'm a big, or really any position, I'm 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 a floor guy because I like to know that these are guys I could trot out every week and not have to worry about it. You know, every there's like one or two guys that you know upside guys that you'll throw out and you know say a little prayer and, and hope they return something. But you have the ability to do that. You know, you could you could throw out a guy that that you think can perform that way if you have a team that's all floor because you know I'm going to get this many points at least. Right, if this guy could bust out like a fifty burger for me. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, let's talk about, and we'll get back to this, but let's talk about these high scores um, from the the league perspective, right? So week one, Kevin dropped 192. Um, that's really thanks to a couple guys who really hit big on his team that week, Sammy Watkins. K-Dog, big score. Um, next week was, by a hair, was Carlo. Like, he beat you, Ricky, by like point three points yeah. uh, for, for that first, uh, I guess, 50, well, 50 bucks we're, we're really talking about here, right? Yeah, I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> Week three is is uh, Chris with just an insane performance, 228. Pull up, pull up his team for that week so everyone can see how just ridiculous yeah, his team so, went that, that week. Um, <clears throat> let's start the quarterback. Russell Wilson, the, the Seahawks were playing New Orleans, and they were playing down the entire game. Um, New Orleans was, was – that's the week that um, I think that's when Bray, uh, Breeze got hurt. Maybe I'm wrong, but they were playing uh, catch-up the entire time, and um, Russ Wilson went for almost 50 points. 
Um, and then he started Mike Evans, who they were playing the Giants that day, and he went crazy. He went 190 for three touchdowns um, with eight receptions. So that's a 50-burger right there. And there's and Mark Ingram had three touchdowns. I think I was looking at the stats, and um, I think between Russell Wilson, um, Mark Ingram, and Mike Evans, that's just 10 touchdowns right there. From those three people, that's 60 points right there. Um just those, you know, you have those kinds of weeks that um, uh, all the, you know, everything lines up and the the unexpected happens. And then look at this bullshit, 20, 25 and a half points from Craig Olson. Right. So Ugh, makes me want to puke. <laughs> so, I mean, just like that, it's, it's, I, I feel me personally, I don't know if I'm, I want a high floor week. I want some home run hitters. But then, and look at his bench. I didn't even look at his bench for that week. Yeah. Look at this. His bench put up a weekly score. Right. 93 from it on his bench. That's that's insane. I would rather have a team that kind of can go out and get me 200 points. Look, one time out of the year, you know, than having a consistent like 125. What I I agree, but what I was what I was getting getting at is I would rather have one or two guys on my team like oh, that. like just individual just players. build build a, yeah. an all floor team where I know I'm going to get 125 points a week from these guys, and then these other two wild cards are either going to give me eight points or 35 points. Okay, fair. That's fair. I mean, you- I like to draft a good top tier kicker. We so know that so that whenever anybody else underperforms, that kicker. Is still going to score fifteen points for me. Well, one of these <laughs> days, one of these days, you idiots are going to come to your senses and finally give kickers the boot. We won't. And I love them. They do either at a bench spot things. or another. But this is the spot. first year you haven't dra- drafted uh, Stephen Gostowski, and he got hurt. He's, He's on, on IR, IR, man. Last He's done. Year, no, last year. Season. Last year was the first year because Kevin took him from me. Ah, jacked me. The old the spike same, kick. The pick. Same. I was going to pick him that round, and he got he got in front of me and he picked Guskowski. And Guskowski wasn't even top kicker last year. <laughs> I mean, well, it didn't matter because we got rid of the top kicker bonus, what, three years ago? Yeah. Well, so I didn't get paid. But right. I, those points are valuable. I mean, yeah. They I are. mean, I you like have him. Greg Zerline right now. I think he might be the number one. He's killing it. Yeah, he's doing very well. Him they don't call him Greg the leg for nothing. <laughs> and that sounds so stupid that we're talking about the kicker, but those points matter, man. Maintain yeah, that's the he, thing. They should. Greg Zerline. Um, There's no way to six, project. 68 right now. It's a wild card. It's a, just a, I hate that. Four it's weeks just, of performance. In, oh, I guess five. Oh, he did play Thursday night. So yeah. we're talking on Saturday. So he's got another game on top of more, all these players. But it yeah. just – it adds – for me, it adds too much of an element of luck. You know, yeah. no one goes into – no no one when they're doing their research. Oh, he retired. He retired before the season started. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, I made a joke. <laughs> Too much. Like, no one does any research before the season regarding kickers. Like, the kicker is all game script, you know? Yeah. No. Well, so then you, well, then it's not you, true. It is. The, the top kickers out there are on, like, high, you know, high powered offenses. Right. Like Harrison right. Bucker, Greg Zerline, the Rams, and then the Chiefs, those kickers are they're banking points. Right, but my concern is that if I'm if I'm drafting a kicker that's on a team that scores buku touchdowns, all those kicks are gonna be extra points. Not necessarily. Well, I'm just saying most of them are. You know, you want to draft the you wanna uh, I'm not even gonna talk about the strategy of drafting kickers because there ain't one. <laughs> all right. It's ridiculous. Fantasy is supposed to be a game of, of skill, the same way like the World Series of Poker. We have to we have to try and steer these discussions towards the things that Devin hates. Yes, I think that that's the more he gets why annoyed. Do you he make, why do you want to make me yell when I'm on the verge of death right now? All right, I have no no healthy capillaries left in my face. There's nothing left to pop. The only thing that's gonna pop. The only thing that's gonna pop is my aorta. So if you want to watch me die in real time during a podcast, let's just talk about all the things I hate. We do have to think, have cool think videos of, for our Instagram. Think of the amount of hits we would get if we had Devin oh, just wait. literally die on the podcast. On this week's episode, I will literally Devin start the Instagram dies. account right now. We would have to have a, like a star search for the next his replacement on the podcast. My right eye is bulging. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about waiver moves. Um, Name some of those heroes that you pick up off the waiver wire and they just outperform like a crazy amount. We're not even talking about due to like um, injury or something like that, you know, like 
Saquon went down. Wayne Gallman came in and dropped like almost 30 points. Um, yeah, that was a, a good fill-in, whatever. But um, also against the Redskins. So right, but um, I'm talking about these these guys that you just pick up and they're you just they just do awesome. I'll tell you who the best pickups this season so far have been. None of which I can take credit for because I didn't do it. Uh, starting with the earliest one, Darren Waller, excellent. Yeah, I mean he's been killing it on the uh, on the Raiders. Tight end one, especially in this this tight end landscape this season, which is just a ghost town. You know, like once like the top like six tight ends that got drafted, and even those guys like OJ Howard has just been such an underperformer. Couple donuts, and he was a fifth or a sixth round pick in, in pretty much every league that I was in. People were really gunning for him. Uh, he's been a bust. Vance McDonald's been a bust. So aside from your set it and forget it guys like Kelsey and Ertz and, and Kittle, who even Kittle's been kind of a letdown. Um, it's important to be able to to get a, a startable tight end on your team that you could throw out there every single week. And Darren Waller's been that guy. Will Disley was a recent pickup. Those right. are the two tight ends. Those are the two notable ones because they're both tight ends. Austin Hooper. Uh, Austin Hooper. Oh, you know what? My bad. I take it back. I'm responsible for one of those incredible waiver wire moves. <laughs> Austin freaking Hooper, even though I didn't win this week, putting up consistent 15, 16 points. Oh, this week he put up like 24 and a half or something like that. Yeah. He had like 180 yards or some shit like that. Playing out of his mind right so, now, but I mean, with the Falcons' offense, they kind of spread the ball everywhere. But seems to go be a lot of love towards uh, Austin Hooper. Willie had Willie had the Patriots defense, and um, they put up uh, some good points against you last week. Oh God! Yeah, who did they play last week? Uh, I don't even remember, but um, they just they have. I looked at the combination looked, of. Willie's starting the New England New England Patriots, and they I think they almost scored thirty. And um, you bench you bench him seventy, 70 points. points. <laughs> it's, it's a cocktail for for more hangovers for you. Oh my god, yeah. They have a hundred and fourteen point six four points scored on the season. <laughs> the next best defense are the Chicago Bears, Ooh, as like they those. should be. I have them. With 66.56 points. The Patriots D has almost double the amount of points as Chicago. So even if if the Patriots D shits the bed for the rest of the season, which they're not going to, he's still got 50 bucks just hanging out in his back pocket waiting to collect on it because no one is going to catch up to that. So good for you, Willie. That was a great pickup. And then there was one, there was one more pickup. Russell Wilson. Russell freaking Wilson. When uh, I think when Breeze went down, Chris scooped up uh, R- Russell Wilson, and he's been playing out of his mind. Like I said uh, before, in that Magic game that he had, um, that Chris dropped plus two hundred points. Russell Wilson almost had forty, uh, almost had fifty points. He had forty-seven um, with like four touchdowns, two passing and two rushing. Um, Russell Wilson. I, he's a guy I, I love to hate. I, I had him on my fantasy team for like three years straight, and he was never really, con, you know, performing like he he is now. Maybe you were the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a problem with a lot of things. I love Russell Wilson as a football player, but I hate him as a football player <laughs> when it comes to interviews, his post game interviews, his press conferences. Oh my God, he just ugh. And then when he, that fucking time when he cried on national television after they beat the Packers in the playoffs on that stupid onside kick and he's standing there crying, thanking God. Shut up, Russell. Stop crying and stop thanking God. He didn't he didn't fucking win you the game. You and your teammates did. Give them some credit. Little fucking crybaby. And his wife is smoking hot. He gets to go home after Sierra. he drops a 50 burger on me and bone Sierra. Yeah, she can get it. <laughs> and fucking lay in his bed made out of money because he got a $130 million contract or whatever the fuck. Al, you know what? I hate Russell Wilson. There we go. <laughs> we get full circle. There we go. <laughs> Let's talk about injuries <laughs> because Devin's feelings are pretty injured right now. Who's <sighs> from? Notable injuries that have kind of happened so far. Uh, Cam Newton, Cam, 
Kenny. I'm talking about for actual people who, <laughs> who play play well. So Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Big Ben, Saquon, um, Damian, Derek Henry, Damian Williams, AJ Green, Hunter Henry, yeah, him, Tyreek Hill, <laughs> Darius Geis, um, and Devin Singletary, um, and Hunter Henry as well. Thank you, guys who. You expect to be putting up fantasy points, but are out. Like Big Ben, he was drafted and he's out for the season. Um, AJ Green got hurt before the season even started, and um, he's kind of been sitting in Ray's IR slot, kind of just not putting up any points. I really need him to come back so that Tyler Boyd can reach, reach his full potential. Like I need, I need that to happen. Tyler uh-huh. Boyd cannot handle being alone out there. Like he needs a, a well-functioning offense. Well, I'll tell you what, he won't he won't be alone this week, my friend, because Cincinnati Bengals are going up against the Arizona Cardinals and uh they suck in the middle of the field. So uh our our old boy uh shit. <laughs> Andy, Andy Dalton? No. Our old Tyler boy. Boyd? Uh, no. No. Fucking What's the Tyler, position? Uh, Tyler Eifert. Tyler oh, Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Oh my God. back. Every thought that Devin has, <laughs> oh God, it also really... comes with a brain aneurysm. I know. <laughs> oh my God. He thought too deeply. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Based on what you Anywho. just said, based on what you just said. I got cute this week and I'm I started gonna... him in two leagues over Will Disley. I'm picking him up right now. In this league? Yep. Picking up Tyler Eifert. I said yeah. Grabbing him. Taking him home with me. Gonna drop Randall Cobb. All signs point. All <laughs> signs point to a big day for Tyler Eifert. Let's see this week because Arizona just stinks t- against. Tyler. At the time of this recording, it's October fifth at four twenty-one p.m. Let's see in a week's time how that is going to pay off. Yeah, if it does at all. I mean, all I'm giving up for it is fucking Randall Cobb. So I think I'll be all right. So take three at this. Anchor is being kind of uh, a problem. Um, but we're going to be talking about bets. And I'm not talking about like FanDuel or that weekly, daily stuff. Sponsorship. <laughs> I'm talking about the the fantasy hubris bets, the bets that you make with your pals that I'm right and you're fucking wrong. Um, generally, there's a bunch of these every year because we get drunk and we get stupid and we want to show that we know more than our cohorts. But um, – Right now we're in week five, and um, the only people that I know that have bets are is pretty much Devin. So Devin, yeah. When Ryan says we, he means me. Uh, without fail, every year I go into the season saying I'm not going to make these stupid bets that I always make, and then every year by the third week I'm up to my neck in shitty bets that I wish I never made. This year was no different. My the first bet which I don't know if it still stands because the last time I tried discussing it, he got very testy and defensive is with Dan that I would score more points than him by the end of the season. Gave me five to one odds on a $10 bet. I ain't turning that down. So I said, yeah, I'll take that bet. And as of right now, I'm smoking him. Uh, but I don't know if the bet still stands. So Dan, if you're listening, let me know if we still got the deal. And as the, I'm a good friend, and uh, even though it's week five and you probably can't catch me, uh, I'm willing to let you out of the bet if you, for some reason, feel like it was never confirmed enough for your liking. Now, I've made bets with Dan in the past. I I think last year he bet me that Cooper Cup would be a top 25 uh, wide receiver. and He he didn't mention the injury clause, and he ended up – tearing his ACL in like week four or something. No, it was late in the season. Uh, Maybe like week eight or something Something like that. that. And um, he kept true to it. And I ended up winning it because he didn't care about the injury clause. And he gave me the dirtiest $20 bill I have ever seen. (laughs) I'm talking about coffee stains. There might have been some glue on there from from the floors. Um, It was nasty. But Dan, if you're listening to this, Thanks for that 20. It meant the world. I was right, and you are wrong. Very noble of Dan to say, yeah, nah, injuries don't matter. That's a bet. Uh, very noble and very stupid because there should always be an injury clause because when you're making bets based on player performance, you can't predict someone getting injured uh, with the exception of two of my bets, which we'll get to in a minute. Well, you know, nobility is a, it's a very, very – prominent trait with Dan. Right. And, what and Dan lacks in dirty $20 bills, he makes up for <laughs> in 
nobility and nobility and kindness and, and religion genuine <laughs> good friendship my first actual bet that i know still stands um was a drunken bet that i believed in because i didn't realize what i was betting and there's, that a, com- is, there's a common theme to all your bets they involve alcohol yeah yeah um you would think you would learn your lesson from some of these dumbass bets. You would think I would learn my lesson about a lot of things I do. <laughs> like um, getting drunk and eating pizza off the floor? Yo. I will never learn my lesson. I will yo. never learn my lesson. No, I'll tell you what the common theme. If you want to talk about common themes, oh, you make all these drunken bets, eat pizza on the floor. My problem is Ray. All right? <laughs> Ray is my problem because he's the one luring me into these drunken bets and putting my goddamn pizza on the floor, and then I gotta eat pizza off the sidewalk, cheese side down, just so just just so he won't win. I cannot let him win. Let me I, let I me clarify something. Off. Let me clarify something. You did not need to eat that pizza off the floor oh, last night. Oh yes, I did. Oh, I most certainly you also did. didn't need to make that stupid bet. I most certainly needed to. <laughs> there is a eating the pizza. The bet maybe the pizza had to eat. All right, <laughs> you you will not beat me. Despite, I will eat this pizza. Despite this man, it's next level. Anywho, uh, made a bet with with Ray that Le'Veon Bell would rush for twelve hundred yards. Realized the next day that I thought it was twelve hundred scrimmage yards, which, for those that don't know, includes all purpose receiving and rushing. Mm. Which for a guy like Le'Veon Bell, extremely doable. I'm pretty sure he's done it every year that he's played a full season or as close to a full season as possible. Well, and I'm sure when Ray presented this bet to you, he said, I want to make a bet with you, all-purpose usage of Le'Veon Bell. No. This is the bet that we're no. making. The oh. word all-purpose or scrimmage, if uh, for as far as I can recall, was never <laughs> – that. That language was never used. I don't know why I thought it was. <laughs> so not feeling very confident given the fact that he has, what, like 163 rush yards on the season. I mean, he's got his bye week out of the way, mm-hmm. but he's pretty much needs to go for 100 yards rushing every game from, yards plus. from yeah. here on out, which is so. not like out of the realm of possibility, but all signs are pointing that that is not going to happen. So that'll be 20 bucks. I don't get back. Maybe um, when he was in Pittsburgh, that was probably something that he could attain, but not. I don't know. The Jets are not in a good spot right now. Well, he's I mean, in my starting lineup, so here's hoping you win that bet, Devin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the uh, the Le'Veon Bell bet. The other bet is – the other bet with Ray is uh, that David Johnson will have a better fantasy season than Saquon Barkley, which uh, – even though I was also, again, very drunk when I made that bet, uh, I felt confident in it and still do. Now, as with any bets, when you're betting on player performance, there should be an injury clause like we mentioned. And uh, when Saquon got hurt, I approached Ray and said, bet's off. And he said, no, nah, 14 games. So as far as I could tell, the bet is still on as long as Saquon and David Johnson each play 14 games, whether one plays more than the other and we're just going to compare the point total or we're just going to take their best 14 performances and add them up is, you know, to be determined. But uh, Saquon's been out two weeks already, though. Two weeks. So if he misses one more week, he's not even going to make the 14-week men, right? So, but it doesn't make you nervous at how much Ray wants to be in this bed regardless of how many games have been missed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, Ray, short Ray, answer. Ray is uh, sneaky in other ways. He'll put a because some summon in your drink. I, I smacked that. Which, which made you more angry? Him smacking the pizza last night or him smacking the, the hot dog? Oh, the hot dog. <laughs> the hot dog, absolutely. Because we were standing in the middle of a fucking airport and I was. I was horribly hungover because we were in New Orleans. Common theme here. Oh. All I wanted was that hot dog, and it was fully loaded. I was so pumped. Ketchup, mustard, relish, onions, the goddamn works. And uh, in a crowded terminal, I danced my way over with this hot dog. This guy was on cloud nine. And uh, just boop, all, all over my shoes, all over the floor. And like everyone in the terminal just went... And then I had to go back <laughs> to the hot dog stand and 
the hot dog lady goes, wow, you must have really liked that hot dog. You're back so soon. And I was like, no, that guy smacked it out of my hands. She went, did he pay for the second hot dog? Yeah. Okay. But uh, she was like, I had to stop her from going over to Ray and smacking him. She was like ready to kill him for smacking the hot dog. Ray. So Ray gave. But she gave it to me for free. So I gave it back to Oh, that's nice. So a little backstory. Um, As Devin was walking back with the hot dog. I said, Ray, I'll give you 20 to smack that hot dog out of his hand. <laughs> That's the 20 that he gave me for the hot dog. <laughs> what an asshole! I should have never given him back that money. I got the hot dog for free. I should have just kept it. I should have said she charged me $20 for coming back. So it was so entertaining. The last two bets are tied together because they're pretty much the same bet, just with little variations. Uh, and I was bullied into making it. I don't know if you were bullied. I was. I was. Oh. Says the guy who bullied me. Uh, this, Says the bully. This, this I prefer to use the term, I reeled him in. <laughs> oh, baby, he went fishing. I, I went fishing. <laughs> these are, these this are, guy took the bait. These, oh. are, these are semantics. There's pastrami um, at the end of that book. The, the, these bets I was not drunk for. Hadn't had a sip of alcohol. I was sitting on my couch after a long day. And uh, I was roped into making a bet. First with Ryan about Todd Gurley. Uh, and the bet was that he would not finish as a top tw- top 25 running back in fantasy. And the reason I made that bet is because he's got the bum knee. And I thought that it would uh, it would inhibit his ability as a running back to be, you know, good. Now you're talking about the guy, the same Todd Gurley that finished first overall in 2017 and third overall in 2018. Uh See, but he didn't have a bad knee back then. <laughs> this is a different guy. He was also drafted first overall in both those years, and this year he went in the third round. Obviously, his knee was that much of a concern. He barely played in the Super Bowl. He didn't play the last two weeks of the regular season, and I thought that it was going to prevent him from being as good as he's always been. And the reason why I was getting mad when making these bets was because I did not think the injury clause should apply to his knee. You know, if he sprains his ankle, he breaks his arm, he dislocates his shoulder, that's perfectly fine. The bet is off. But if his knee starts acting up and they have to bench him for it, uh, that's not my problem. That's why I'm making the bet in the first place. So let me give you a little bit more of a backstory here. We agreed that uh, to the terms of the bet and immediately after said agreement, this guy's like, no way, I want to change the bet. I said, wait. No, no. I said, wait. I want to. I want to make some clarifications. You can't hedge bets after the bet's done. You well, want to make clarifications, or you wanted to make full-on changes? Well, changes. The, the changes were because things needed to be clarified. I wanted to be perfectly clear. It was my fault for not making this clear before, but my intention. Let me make it perfectly clear that I don't want to make this bet anymore. It was important. It was important. <laughs> but was I want to change the entire bet. But the fact clear. is, after I successfully wrangled him into this bet, he immediately wanted to back out. Well, there's, al- there's also more to this bet that has to be discussed, and that's the fact that while I'm making this bet with Ryan, Carlo decides – he wants in on some of this hot action. He's like, oh, I'll take that bet too. I was like, all right, but this is still a $5 bet. So if I win, you're each giving me $5. But if I lose, I'm giving you $2.50 each and you could fuck right off. No. So you're getting stomped False. out by Ryan. Carlos yeah. walking by and goes, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to keep the yeah. shit out yeah. of that. Two separate bets. No, <laughs> it's the same bet with two different people. It's not the same bet because they're, they're separate conditions. No. Well, now they're separate conditions because <laughs> because when they realized they only stood to make $2.50 as they should, <laughs> Carlo was like, "Fuck it, I'll bet you tw- I'll bet you $5 well, that he that he doesn't finish that he finishes top 20." And so I saw that five that five position window which uh, uh, is quite small, but figured I would hedge my bet and say, "Okay, fine. If he finishes in the top 25, I lose to Ryan, but if he doesn't finish in the top 20, then I win. So if he finishes twelfth, if he finishes twelfth, then I now have to give them each five dollars. <laughs> if he finishes nineteenth, I have to give them each five dollars. <laughs> so once again, another fantasy year comes around, and I'm either making drunken bets or I'm getting bullied into making bad bets. And it just needs to be known I don't do this for the money. Okay, I do this for the pride. I make these bets because I want to be right. I'll give you ten fucking dollars for the five dollar bet. I don't give a shit. It's about being right. I love to be right. Problem is, I never am. So I just need to stop doing this. 
I need to start writing these things down before the season and then present them afterwards. <laughs> Look at all these things that could have been bets that I probably would have lost if I made them bets. Oh. But since I didn't make them bets, the universe decided to repay me by making me a fucking genius and proving me right. I feel like we should make a bet. No. End it now. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> no, we got we to gotta end this before I get to it. I think that's going to be doing it for us uh, this week, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Ugh.